Thanks for joining us today. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So please take a minute and visit NBCOcala.com slash stories to share your story. And if God has used this ministry to touch your life in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. Help us to continue delivering God's Word to the world. You can give online or through our mobile giving app. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So glad you can be seated. So glad that you are here, and I am so glad to be here, honored to be in this great house, this great church with my Meadowbrook family. Uh, You have the best pastor this side of heaven, just so you know, and Pastor Tim and Alicia, love them. Uh, I just give great honor to him and uh, what he does and who he is as a person, Uh, known him now for over 20 years and um, just fantastic. And I, I know he loves you guys a lot. And so I, I don't take this lightly that he would trust me to do this. He texted me yesterday and just thanked me for being able to come and, and do this. And we've been praying for him through this whole process. But I know that out of this, God's got something amazing. And he's got a word that is just stirring in Pastor Tim. And he can't wait to come and unleash it on you. So I know that when he comes, y'all going to leave here like, ah, right? Because he's going <laughs> to... It's going to be awesome. So honored to be here. And I give honor to all the other pastors, Pastor Lee and his wife, Katie, as well as Pastor Tom. And and Pastor John and his worship team. It's absolutely amazing. You guys are blessed, blessed church. And so, um, again, I'm, you know, I reside down in Bradenton at uh, Bayside Community Church. And I'm thankful that my pastor allows me to have these opportunities to share uh, with other churches around the country. But uh, this Christmas, this past Christmas was a special time for us. Christmas is always, a, you know, it's always been a good time, but this one was extra, extra, extra special. All right. And the reason why it was extra special is, uh, my wife, uh, who'll be here later, but she was, um, at the age of three days old, three days old, her and her twin brother were adopted. And, uh, and so they were raised adopted. They were told at some point in their life that, um, they were adopted, and they were told that they were very special, and they were so special that God trusted them with this family. And uh, they never, you know, thought anything different. And then about a month ago, a little, well, actually in November, I say now, this is November, uh, I, uh, at the church, someone called our pastor on call and told him that uh, my wife was his sister. And uh, I thought, oh, that's interesting. Just kind of put that away, just like, whatever, okay. Um, used to... In, my wife, uh, for a living for the last uh, 18 years, she's been a model, and she's on television, things like that, and so used to getting strange stuff. So I didn't think anything of it, but by the time I got home one night, she was t- uh, talking on the phone with her twin brother, because the same guy apparently reached him on Facebook. And uh, lo and behold, uh, began to reveal some information that was like, well, this guy isn't a weirdo, this could actually be legitimate. Come to find out that in Los Angeles, California, my wife has 10 brothers and sisters that she never knew existed, as well as her biological father. So we went down on Christmas and had a big family reunion and met them for the very first time over the holidays. So... And I got to tell you, we didn't know what to expect, but it was amazing, right? It was awesome. It ended up being a a, a truly, uh, I mean, I, my my wife, her nickname is Livewire because when she comes into a room, it just livens up. I mean, it's like, she's a ball of energy. 
And uh, to know that she has seven other sisters that are just like her, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, my wife is 49 years old, and to discover now that she has all of these sisters, she only grew up with boys. And so uh, I will be making a lot of trips to California here over the next several years. So if you want to contribute to that, no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> I'm totally joking. Totally joking. But it was, we just had a really special time. It was great. Loved every, uh, every moment of it. And so uh, that was our holiday season. Glad to be back uh, here in Florida. It was nice and cool over there because it was hot over here. Uh, but I got to have a nice, cool Christmas, and that was really nice. Um, I do have something that I want to share. God's put on my heart to share with you. And so before I do that, I got to explain the rules, okay? I want to explain the rules, and I'm going to attempt to prepare uh, and, and bring you the Word of God um, uh, with accuracy, with uh, integrity, but definitely a whole bunch of love. Now, I can't present it like Pastor Tim. So I know that whatever I mess up, he'll fix, because that bro can teach the Word, all right? He is awesome. So, but what I do, I believe God's giving me some. So here are the rules, though. You can talk back to this preacher. You can say, amen, uh uh-huh, all right, go ahead now, preach that. That's good right there. And if you can't say nothing, if you're not used to talking in church, just grab your note card or something, a hanky, and just go, "Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just be like, yeah, that's all right. Go ahead. And if I start talking about somebody you know, just look at them and be like, mm just look at him. He's talking about you. I want to do that. You say, now, I know Pastor Tim will want me to back that up with Scripture, right? So in Nehemiah chapter 8, Ezra gets up, and it says that he gets behind the pulpit, and he opens up the Word of God. And when he opens up the Word of God, everyone stood up, and he says, as he read it, they all shouted, Amen. They all shouted, Amen. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, you could do that in church. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible, right? And so as we move through this message, feel free to talk back to this preacher. It helps me out, all right? Um, But what I want to do is as I start, I want to read this opening passage of Scripture. And as I read it, I'm going to ask that we would do as they did in the Scripture and just stand to honor God's Word. There's a lot of people standing for a lot of things in our nation. We have a great nation. Thank God for our freedom. But do you recognize that when we stand for the uh, pledge for the flag, Um, We're standing because our nation was founded on these biblical principles. So when when we read the Word of God, you got to understand, our freedom all came from this right here. Right? And so I just think it's great that we would just be reminded that this is everything to us, the Word of God. Psalm chapter 91 says this, beginning in verse 14. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm so thankful for who you are. And thankful for this opportunity. So Holy Spirit, we surrender our lives right now. And ask that you would give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying to your church. That you would grace my lips to speak and proclaim the truth. And that God, as we encounter your truth today, we would be forever transformed. Never to be the same. But Lord, we would literally be able to respond how you created us and redeemed us to be. Thank you for this time. 
In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. You may be seated. So as I was preparing, I, I wanted to, to uh, prepare this message. And if you want a title, uh, there's several titles that you can give. But there's six things that God wants to do for you. 2016 is here. And I know that when Pastor Tim comes back, he's got uh, some, some direction, some words, and things that he wants to share with you. But I just believe I, God gave me this word just to encourage us as a body of Christ that um, as we begin this year, as the scripture says, it says, because he has set his love upon me. That word love there, it's not the, the typical translation of love as you see it throughout the Bible. This word love is translated to cling to, to cleave, and to be passionate. To cling to, to cleave, to be passionate about. So he says, because you have clung to, you cleave to, you're passionate about me. He says, I will deliver you. Point number one, I will deliver you. This word deliver, deliver in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. This word deliver him, deliver us. I believe that this year, many of us are going to encounter and experience the deliverance, the delivering power of Jesus Christ. And you say, well, what is that? Well, what, what, what is that? This is what I want to show you. Because out of all the words he could have used in this passage of Scripture, he says he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed. He used healing there. He didn't use, he went around delivering, he went around setting free, even though he knows he does that. He says he went around healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Now, I know in my life, I realize that uh, I have needed and still going and walking through healing. And what that means, for some, there are things that have been just a part of your life that you have found very hard to shake. Maybe it's anger. Maybe, maybe anger because of what, what I've learned is that most people are wounded, and when they get wounded or hurt or offended by someone or something, that wound becomes an oppression in their life. They begin to process and think and respond and react out of the woundedness rather from a place of healing. You begin to respond because the wound is talking to you rather than God talking to you. And we begin to react and respond that way. And so God says, look, I've come to heal the oppressed. What happens is that wound, that, that, um, that, uh, that offense that took place in your life begins to kind of run your life. And everything you do and every decision that you make kind of begins to be filtered through that wound. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. I heal the oppressed. I've come to heal the oppressed. When I think about anger, I, I think about this one guy. He was um, asked to be in this play, the Passion Play, during Easter. And he was asked, but he was a brand new Christian, brand new. He was new to this whole thing. And, uh, it, but he looked just like Jesus, as far as what we know he looked like, right? We don't really know, but we just know. So they say, hey, you look like Jesus. Will you play Jesus? And he's like, sure, I'd be honored to. And so, you know, he's doing the whole play. And the scene comes where he's carrying the cross down the aisle. And, as he's, and the, the soldiers are whipping him and all this stuff. And there's this heckler decided to come to the passion play. 
And this heckler stands up and just starts mocking him and mocking Jesus, the whole thing. And so this guy, being a new Christian, he still had anger issues. So he took the cross off. He's like, what? And he walks over and just, boom, just hits the guy, lays him out. Talk about Jesus like that. So he gets, you know, he, he gets all the way uh, to the back, and the pastor's like, come, you can't do that. He says, you're missing the point. you got to understand, listen, Jesus was beat. He was bruised for our iniquities. He, he was hung on a cross. He died for us, and he never hit back. You can't hit back. He's like, I'm sorry, pastor. I'm sorry. He just got me so angry. I, I won't do it again. I promise I won't do it again. So the next night, same thing. Comes down, the he- this guy heckles again. And as he's heckling him, it was very interesting because this guy, he's like trying to be very patient. And so, but he can't take it anymore. He takes off the cross and he goes at the guy, but all the ushers grab him. And they're like, no, 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 hold back. And he's like, let me at him, let me at him. And they're like, so he get to the back. The pastor's like, you're missing the point. Jesus was bruised. He was beaten. He was on the cross and he didn't hit back. You can't hit back. I'm sorry, Pastor. I'm so sorry, man. I just got angry. I'm trying to live like, you know, I'm I'm new at this Christian thing. Next night comes. He's going to get it this time. He's coming down the aisle and this heckler stands up again and just starts going at him. (laughs) So then this is what happens. My man gets so angry. He tries to hold it in as much as he could. He gets down the aisle, and he says, that's it. He takes off the cross. He starts to go at the guy, and he says, just wait till after the resurrection. Me and you, after the resurrection. (laughs) Me and you, after the resurrection. I want you to know. That whatever the things are that have been ailing you, that have been coming against you, there's coming a time when Jesus is going to come back and he's going to redeem everything that has been wrong. He's going to restore everything that's been wrong. He's going to bring healing. He's going to bring peace. He's going to restore joy. There'll be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more sickness. There's coming a day when he comes back. We won't have to deal with any of that stuff anymore. God's going to come, and Jesus is going to look at the devil, and he said, "Uh uh-huh, your time is done. I know the end of the book. The end of the book is we win. There's a lot of stuff going on right now. And in the world today, everything is, is driving us to a place of fear. And I want you to know that God did not give you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love. Okay? He didn't give you a spirit of fear. See, Fear comes, and it makes you want to shut down. It makes you want to back up. It makes you not want to respond the right way. But I want you to know as a believer that you've been given a spirit of love. There's enough divisiveness going on. We don't have to participate or partner with that spirit of divisiveness. We can love. He says he's come to give us a spirit of love and power. Power. Did you know that Jesus is the ultimate power? He gave all the power and authority to us here on earth, and we don't have to let the world take dominion over us because he's given us dominion over the world. Greater is he that is in you and I than he that is in the world. Power, power, power. That's what he's given us. And then he says a sound mind. He's given us a sound mind. What that means is that there's no circumstance that can rob your peace. 
There's no problem or trouble that can steal your peace. Why? Because in the midst of a storm, you can have calm because you've got a sound mind. Your mind has stayed on him, and he brings a peace. He brings a joy. He brings a resoluteness. He brings a confidence that says, in the end, I win, that I have been created and made to be more than a conqueror. I will not lose. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I will not lose. I cannot lose. I will not. I will not quit. I will not give up. Because I know that God's plan and his purpose for your life and my life will never be thwarted or shut down because his plan and purpose will come to pass. He says, I'll deliver him. Just like he delivered the children of Israel many and multiple times throughout scripture. What's holding you back? What's holding you down? Is there anything that you're bringing into this new year that you just need to let Jesus take away? Is there anything that you just need to submit and surrender to him and say, God, deliver me? I've been trying to deal with this and fighting this, and, and whether maybe it's unforgiveness. Let it go. You say, I can't forgive them. Yes, you can. Jesus forgave us. We can forgive. We were the greatest offense. All of us were the greatest offense to Jesus, and he forgave us. You can forgive, and God will heal you of that oppression. So then the second promise he gave is set him on high. He says, I will set him on high because he has known my name. He has known my name. Set him on high. This word high is the Hebrew word, saigaiv, which means to be high, to be inaccessibly high, to be too high for capture. I want you to get this. To be too high for capture, inaccessibly high. And what this is speaking of is protection. I remember, so uh, I, I, I've developed a habit now because I have six um, nephews and, and nieces, and my wife and I, we did foster care for many years. And so when I come in, I automatically, because I'm tall, I will set my keys up high. Because if I put them down low where it's accessible, they will disappear. Right? So to this day, I have a habit. Whenever I walk into a room and I'm going to set my stuff down, I put it up high because I can access it. So what God says is as, as his created children, you and I, if you know his name, because there's power in the name of Jesus. If you know his name, not just know of him, but know him. That he is a protector, that he is a deliverer, that he is one who saves, he is one who heals, he is one who sets free. If you know his name, he says he'll set you on high to where you're inaccessible to the things of the world that want to pull you down, the things that want to take over you. He says, I'm going to set you on high to where nothing can get to you but me. He says, I'll set you on high. We just got to remember that that place, that high place, if you stay low, and look from down here, you'll miss the perspective that he created you to see it from. He has a perspective, and that perspective is from on high because all things are under his feet, which means they're under your feet. Right? So we understand that he is Jehovah-Rohi, R-O-H-I, which means he's our shepherd, the one who protects, the one who directs, and the one who provides. That's who he is. In John chapter 10, verse 14 and 15, he says, I am the good shepherd, 
And I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. God will lay down his life for you over and over and over again. He did it once and he did it for good. But you've got to be reminded that even if he had to do it again, he would. Thank God he doesn't have to do it because he did it once and for all. And that one time was good enough. We just have to remember what he accomplished for us. And in that remembering, thinking and dwelling on that, setting our mind on him, setting our our affection, our passion, cleaving to him, no matter what shakes, no matter what comes our way, I'm going to cling to you. I'm going to cleave to you. I'm going to set my affection on you because I know that you will deliver. I know that you'll deliver. The third promise he gave was to answer when you call. To answer when you call. How many of you experience those? You try to call people and they just never answer their phone. It's kind of frustrating. It's like, you have a phone. What do you have a phone for? Answer it. Right? God promised. He says, hey, when you call, I will answer. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things in which you do not know. John 14, verse 13 says, whatever you ask, in my name, remember, you got to know his name, got to know him. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now, I want you to understand, when God says, I will or I shall, he means it. When he says, I will, he has the power to back it up. That means he's going to, he cannot lie, he can't go back on his word. When he says, I will, that means he will. So when you read this, there was a a scholar that read this all in the Greek, this whole passage, and it was Greek to me. I didn't get it, right? I'm not a Greek scholar. But this is what it means. This is what it literally means. That verse, ask whatever you will. This is what it means. If you will ask anything in my name, if I don't have it, I'll make it for you. That's awesome right there. God said, hey, if I don't have it, I'll make it for you. That's the God that we serve, the, the creator of the universe. He's like, of course he has it. But he's, he, he's, he's so convincing us, you got to understand that he said, even if I don't, I'll make it for you because I can. Even if even I, I can't. I, I got it. So you can't surprise me. You can ask anything, I will do it. I will do it. We just got to remember. You say, well, God never answers my prayer. Yes, he does. He may not answer it the way you want him to. And he may not answer when you want him to. But he always answers. He always answers. He is Jehovah Jireh. The fourth promise he made was he'll be with us in trouble. In trouble. Now, being a believer doesn't mean that you won't have trouble. He, Jesus said, he said, in this world, you will have trouble. But he says, yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to fear because he is with us. He's with us. So even in trouble, he is with you. What that means is that even though trouble is come, trouble doesn't have to have you. If Jesus has you, trouble can't. 
If Jesus has you, trouble can't. So even if you're walking through the fire right now, even if you're walking through the trouble, just know that you're going through. He didn't say stop, camp out, get a hammock and some tea and some cola, whatever. He didn't say stay there. He says walk through with me. Because what he will do is through the trouble, he's going to teach you something. He's going to show you something. He's going to make you stronger so that when you come out of that thing, everybody's going to look and go, what happened? How did you do that? Look at, and all I can say is God did this. God did this. Then you'll come out of that trouble helping others, changing other people's lives. That's the God that we serve. Psalm 34, verse 19, he says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. He didn't say delivers them out of some. He says all. He delivers them out of all. And then 2 Timothy 4, 18, it says, And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work, And preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Even if you walk through trouble, remember that his presence, his presence in trouble will deliver you from what trouble presents. That when you walk with God in trouble, remember that his presence in trouble will deliver you from what trouble presents. Every time you get into trouble or you're walking, when when trouble begins to come at you, as you're walking, trouble will try to present something to you. An opportunity to get angry. An opportunity to get frustrated. An opportunity to quit. An opportunity to give up. An opportunity to, to, to doubt God. An opportunity... To respond outside of the nature that God has created you to respond. It will present it to you. And it's very tempting at times to just get down and like there's no hope and, and like nothing's going to change. And I, I've been trying for years and I can't do this. And I want you to know something. All you, if you focus on what you don't have, you'll miss the miracle by what you do have. You see, when they was feeding the 5,000, we don't have enough food to feed these people. They were focusing on what they don't have. Jesus didn't ask them to focus. He said, what do you have? So they brought him the loaves and the fish. This is the couple. They're like, we don't have enough. He says, just bring me what you have. When you focus on what you don't have, you'll miss the miracle in what you do have. God will take your little and turn it into a lot. God can take whatever circumstances that, that whatever trouble is trying to present to you, you being in God's presence, if you focus on him and his presence, he'll take what trouble is presenting and he'll take it and turn it around for your good and even multiply it so you come out of that thing better than you did when you, before you went into it. He'll be with you in trouble. And then the fifth promise is this, he'll deliver him and honor him. Here he says deliver again. So what we're saying is this passage shows a double deliverance, a double deliverance. And you're like, well, double? Yeah, you get double for your trouble. <laughs> so what that means is this. He says, there, in, in this particular word, deliver, there's two, two, two ideas here. A deliverance in trouble, which is living, because in this world we will have trouble. So there's, there's, you're living and there's trouble. And then the other implication is deliverance out of trouble, which signifies death. So sometimes, how many know, how many of the scripture says 
To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So in life, you know, everyone has to face that time of death. And as a believer, we know that death isn't the end. It's the beginning. And when we die, literally, it may have been, things may have been horrible for, for people. You know, I, it's so tragic. I have friends right now that are uh, battling cancer and things, and, and those things are not of God. And we're believing God, and we pray for healing, and many get healed and some don't. And that's the ever question, why some people don't, why some people do. And this is what I do know, that being with God is still being healed. It's still delivering us out of the trouble that we're in. We think death is final. It's just the beginning. It's a transition into life. But then I also look at it this way. Most of the trouble that we get in is because we refuse to die to ourselves. We've exalted ourselves so much that ourselves get ourselves in trouble. <laughs> right? So when you die to yourself, even God can deliver you from yourself. All right? He can just take every lie that you're believing and just squash it. Just die. It's delivering. And then he will honor you. To honor says this, that he will literally put, you'll receive glory. His glory is weighty. This word means kabod. It means the weight. It means to be weighty. And weighed down with his glory in such a way that you'll be grounded. God will promote you out of your trouble. And the weightiness of his glory will keep you grounded in his love and not in your sorrow. That is glory. People will look at you and go, how did you make it through that? <laughs> the goodness and the mercy of God. He's a good God and his glory will shine and people will see how good and awesome and powerful God is. If you just stay connected to him, stay in the game, stay in the fight, we're going to win this thing. We're going to come out of this thing and 2016 is going to be your best year yet. And in fact, I know this much. I know this much. That if we keep our eyes fixed on what we do have and don't pay attention, don't focus on what we don't have, don't focus on the problem, don't focus on the trouble, you are setting yourself up for the greatest miracle ever because God's promise is to deliver us. And then the last thing he promises is to satisfy us with long life and to show us his salvation. John 12, 26 says this, If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him, my father, will honor. With long life, you know, doctors are good at adding years to your life. But God is good at adding life to your years. Amen. I want to pray for it, so if you wouldn't mind, just bow your heads with me. If you're here today and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to come into relationship, to come into fellowship with him. You know, he sent his son, gave his life, he laid down his life so that you can have a restored relationship with him, so that you can spend eternity. If you don't have that certainty and you want to know that today when I leave, I am going to spend eternity with God, with my creator, that he will be with me. If you've never made that decision, you want to make that today. On the count of three, I just want you to lift your hand all over this room. If you're watching online, one, two, three. Just lift your hand. Say, yes, I want to surrender my life. I want to receive salvation. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I see your hands. Thank you. You can put your hands down. 
If you lifted your hand or desired to lift your hand, we're all going to pray this together as a family. Everyone repeat after me. Father God, forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Be my Lord, be my Savior. I make a choice today to exchange my sin for your righteousness. I surrender all to follow you. And I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Can we celebrate with those that just made a decision? Welcome to the family of God. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Every single one of you that made that decision. If you made a decision to trust Jesus Christ, in just a few moments we're going to dismiss. And in both corners of the auditorium, it says next steps. If you will just stop by there, we just want to connect with you. We want to put something in your hand to help you as you make this journey. If you need prayer for anything in the world, we're going to have prayer partners that are here to connect with you and pray with you. I want to pray a blessing over you. So if you wouldn't mind standing on your feet and just turning your palms towards heaven as I bless you before you go. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to smile upon you. The Lord keep you, grant grant you favor, hope, protection, peace, joy. No weapon formed against you would prosper. Then in everything you set your hands to, the goodness and glory of God would be revealed. I pray that you would be protected physically, emotionally, and spiritually. In Jesus' name, you are blessed. God bless you. Thank you for coming. We love you. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.